Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where you talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Katherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Paulistina. And today we are talking to the very funny, Ohio-born, sarcastically amazing Anne Van Epps. Hello, Anne. Welcome, Anne. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming on. Sure. Very excited uh, that you're here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how did you get started in comedy? Uh, what's your background? How'd you begin? Um, yeah. So please share a little bit about that. Okay. So, I mean, a lot of people, it's like a gradual, uh, is, what, how, what is it called? Going up incline, incline an increase yeah. in things, yeah. but mine is more <laughs> up and down. <laughs> uh, um, but I used to be super shy. Um, and I tried stand up when I was a teenager, but all I could do was like get on stage. And that was enough for me. Like I couldn't really speak yet. Um, <laughs> it's really sad. Um, no, it's fine. And then um, in 2015, um, I, I make this joke um, and you guys don't have to feel bad, but I make the joke that I um, made my stand up debut at my dad's funeral. Oh. Um, but I, I was up there and I was like doing the speech or whatever it's called. And I was like, yeah, I can do public speaking. Yeah, I can do this. So um, my, I went to New York and I took a class at Gotham and uh, kind of just started getting on stage. And I was still really shy, but I was finally doing it. And then it wasn't until I moved here and um, well, I did some comedy in Savannah, Georgia but the scene there is really small. And then when I moved here in 2018, I started with storytelling and then I um, got comfortable on stage and then I switched over to stand up again. So that's it. Yeah. That's awesome. Can you, just for some people listening, cause like uh, hopefully we have some newer comedians listening, things like that. Can you talk about the difference between storytelling and stand up? Because I know they're both kind of like niche Sure. Yeah. Well, with storytelling, it doesn't have to be funny, um, which is great (laughs) if you're just trying to get on stage and like get something out of your mouth. Um, But there with the story, it has to have a beginning, middle and end. Um, But you also get more time. So you have more time to um, blab your mouth, because when I first started doing stand up, I would always get really nervous, like, oh, my God, I only have three minutes. Oh, my God, I only have five minutes. That's not enough time. And so you have to really practice and like cut down. My sister calls it killing your babies, like cut out so much content and really just do the funniest pieces and make sure it makes sense. Cause a lot of times with beginning comics or, I mean, and you know, people that say they've been doing it longer. Um, the reason that the audience doesn't laugh is because they don't know what you're talking about. I have noticed that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so it's great, like in New York specifically, in New York City, there is like, at least pre-pandemic, I'm not sure what's going on now, but there's a whole like group of people that just tell stories and it's like the moth does it. Um, And I I was doing like a lot of um, storytelling shows and I was surprised because I'm like, I'm not very good yet, Um, but I don't know, it was great. It was also how I learned how to just um, talk on stage without a microphone because like it's kind of like a crutch and 
I don't know. I was, I started cause I I'm, for, or I lived in Savannah for a while. I lived in a haunted apartment more than once, multiple haunted apartments. Okay. <laughs> I worked at multiple haunted hotels. Okay. Everything's haunted there. So I, I started doing this. It was this improv group that only all their improv was us uh, like scary or horror based. So at the beginning, a couple of people would tell, or you would tell like a true scary story and then they would do improv off of it. And I just started like doing that with them all the time. And then they wanted me to switch over and do improv with them. And I'm like, you guys, I don't like improv. I didn't say that. I just realized it. And, but I was like, I, I, I like it better when I'm just by myself and I can, you know, create my own content and then perform it. I don't have to rely on imagination or, you know, working with the group. Cause I'm like, I keep getting pigeonholed. They keep making me like the preppy sorority girl. And I'm like, that's not who I am at all. I know I'm, I know I'm attractive, but I don't fall. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. But it was just really weird. Cause I'm like, I don't, I've never been the sorority type. I'm really tired of being pigeonholed in these imagination situations. So I just kind of started switching over um, to stand up. Um, and then one other thing that I should probably mention, it's interesting. I think, um, I did, I signed up for a moth story slam and you, when you go to those, you, you don't know if your name's going to be picked and they only pick 10 names. And there's like, I don't know, tons of people that sign up. And I was really nervous because these events, there's like over 200 people. And this is before I had a ton of experience and they called my name last. I told a scary story when I worked at this hotel and I was, I almost won. I won by, I, I lost by like 0.2. No. Yeah. And it was okay. I mean, I'm like, I, I don't know. It was my first time doing it. So, but yeah, it was like a, a by less than a point I lost, but That's I don't know. Crazy. It was fun. What's the, do you have like a spark notes version of what the, the haunted story of the hotel you worked at was? Um, well, like what happened? a lot of stuff happened. Uh, I actually, I, I was in a podcast called ghost stories by comedians or something. Mm-hmm. And I just let a rip and just told them all, all in that. So if you listen to that, you can go back in here, but just crazy, really crazy stuff. Did you see um, yes. Yeah. But it wasn't like, it wasn't what you're thinking. It was different than what, what, how you hear about it. Um, like I'll just tell you one really quick. I was in my kitchen and, um, I had two roommates, but we lived in this, we shared this house and my room was on the ground floor and their rooms were upstairs. And I was in the kitchen, like just cutting something. And I saw out of the corner of my eye, someone passed by me and then there was nowhere else to go. They just went through the wall and I just, and you just, I saw it out of the corner of my eye. And then when I looked, there were, nothing was there, but I also felt something there. Um, that's crazy. And I was like, it, the weird thing is, is that side of the room, it was just a wall. Um, you know, there's nowhere to go. There's just a wall there. So there, there's no way for anybody to come from anywhere or go anywhere. Cause there's, it's just a dead end. So that was like one of the first things that happened to me. Um, And then I lived in, um, 
I lived with my, he was not my boyfriend. I don't know. I lived there with him. Uh, but situation, situation like that. But I was, um, whenever, this is really weird. Whenever I would go to the bathroom, um, I could feel somebody watching me and he was like, he's like, and you're not crazy. I, I, I can feel their presence too. It's like two little boys that are ghosts that live here. And it's, it's really weird. Like my cat would always see the ghost and get, she's like, she's a Persian cat. She's really chill. And then I knew whenever they were there because she would just like, her eyes would perk up and she'd be like looking around and she never acted like that, but just like tons of, tons of stuff like that. Just crazy stuff. And they didn't follow you to New York. Like no, they're more like house-based. Like they stay in one house usually. I know there's a type of ghost that will follow a person, but luckily I'm you don't have not that. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. So glad yeah. to hear your apartment uh or living in New York. You're not in a haunted place right now. Or maybe it's good. I don't know. Maybe you like the company. No, um, I don't. I <laughs> I like being alone. Um well then on that note, how have you been dealing with uh the pandemic what have you been doing comedy wise during this time it's definitely a lot of alone time um so yeah how what have you been doing well I got lucky um I lived with my sister we lived in a smaller apartment I mean it was her apartment and then I uh moved in wink wink um but yeah <laughs> like when I moved to New York like anyone I was trying to make things work so I just moved in with her so it was like but I was lucky because I had company all the time. Um, we would just go to the park. And then also five days before um, the shutdowns, um, me and my boyfriend, now ex-boyfriend, I'm single ladies. I'm sorry, that's weird. I'm actually um, um I was like, I wish. No. Um, what was I gonna say? I started. I basically started a moving and packing and storing company with my part with my partner. Um, and we're still we still have it, which is great. So like when everything was shut down in April, when most people were sitting at home, um, moving is actually an essential service. And so we were just like out in the streets, yo, and like it was crazy, like to see New York just totally dead. Um. And um, these apartments, it was like, you could tell, you could see the person like getting out of bed and leaving in a hurry and not coming back. Like you could tell they left in a hurry. So it was like really apocalyptic. And we just would come in and pack up all their stuff and either um, send it to them or store it for them or whatever. Um, so that was interesting. And then in, I wanna say May or possibly June. Oh, and then during this time, I feel like April, people started to like realize, you know, things were going to stay shut down. Um, and like zoom started to become a thing. And I started doing some zoom stuff, mics and shows. And then I want I think it was like May or June or something. I was like, there, there started to pop like this early, like, I guess right before the summer, cause the numbers were going down like in late May there was one open mic in Central Park. And I'm like, I, there is no way I'm traveling over an hour to do five minutes. That's silly. So I started a mic in Prospect Park and 
that's how I started to meet all these people. And it was really great. Um, and at first we didn't have a microphone cause I didn't want to spread. I didn't want to get sick. So we would just talk under this tree where a raccoon lived. Okay. I'm trying to, <laughs> but there really was a raccoon. Um, and then, uh, the tiny cupboard came to me and, um, I had done a couple shows with them before, uh, the pandemic. And they asked me if I would be interested in doing a show. Um, so starting in the summer, um, when they just started doing the rooftop, cause they had zoom shows first and they, and then they switched over. Um, I started hosting and producing the show and I had no idea what I was doing. And so I just did it my way, which is dry and low energy and people liked it. So I just, was doing it um and then it's sort of just like I don't know just exploded like I got I also had I still have it but it's a different day now the women's and LGBTQ plus mic um on Wednesdays and then um this show it got shut down in November because of COVID um the numbers going up and things getting shut down again um so when we brought it back because it used to be on Tuesday nights. And then November, also, I forgot about this. In New York, it's really cold. It was like bitter cold in the last show we did. I was wearing like two coats with a blanket on top and freezing because it's like colder on the roof and less people came. And so, I don't know, that was part of it. And so now my show is, is a women and LGBTQ plus heavy show. Okay. Um, and it just started, I think this was the past Friday. That was the fourth one we did, or I should say I did because I, I produced it. Um, and, and I used to just host. And now I'm like, I want to try to, because I, I kind of went overboard and I was doing way too many, producing way too many things. And I want to really focus on my comedy more. So now I, I found somebody else to host my show um Gilberto Soto I should say his name because he's great um comedian and then Meg Felling I have her film for me film the shows for me so we have that um and then she gets a spot but she she actually hosted this past Friday because Gilberto was out of town um, but then it's great because then I have more time. I don't have a limit and I've, I've been trying to expand my set. So I started at 10 minutes and now I'm trying to hit 20 and I'm going to try to hit 30. Um, and I have a agent who's courting me right now. Um, Very exciting. <laughs> yeah. But he's just like, and I want to see more. He's like, and where's that longer set? So he's like pushing me. So that's really good. Um, yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's where I am. Living up in the world. That's so incredible. Wanna, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I want to ask, um, I love that you're doing like so much like women's and LGBT work. What, I mean, I know that like we've talked about this on our show before, but that like, you know, they're kind of stand up has not been the nicest place for that demographic in the past, but is there a reason in particular why you were like women and LGBT is going to be the like crowd I'm working with well um i i like smart comedy um and when i first started doing comedy 
it's brutal. Like when you go to mics and stuff, it's so brutal. And it's like a bunch of straight dudes doing dick jokes. And I'm like, <laughs> that's what made me stop and start so many times. And I wanted to create an environment that's warmer and more community-based and about helping each other because like so often everybody's like really competitive and mean to each other. And it's like now, especially because of the pandemic, there's people that didn't have any power before that do now. And everybody's realizing, oh, I can produce my own shows, my own mics, you know, and, and that's what it's more about, which I love. Um, but yeah, I, I, man, I remember doing this mic that was so horrible. The whole audience, this is, was like, it was like 30 dudes all from the same frat from, I don't know, somewhere up in upstate New York or something who came for one guy and they totally like were rude to every other comic that went up. And then when this guy went up, he was, he went last too. So they were there the whole time. Oh um, when this guy went up, all he did was do inside jokes that only his friends got. And I'm like, of course they're going to laugh at you, you idiot. Ugh. And I, I almost, I think I actually did this in the middle of my set. I just put the microphone down and I walked out of the place. I'm like, this is such a waste of my time. So <laughs> I was just like, you know, wanted to create a better environment for people. But in like, there are definitely, I like, my mom was like, you sound like a man hater. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like there are, I would say, you say cis gender or cis males, male comics, you know, they, a lot of them, their comedy isn't very good in general. And I feel like a lot of times women are, and LGBTQ plus people don't feel comfortable to just be themselves and like really tell those jokes that are great. And um, I don't know, it, you know, when they feel more comfortable, they can, so. Yeah, no, it's also, I've noticed a lot too, like at kind of like women's LGBT mics, people are so much more willing to like, I don't know, not to be like against straight men, obviously, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but I do notice that like I feel so much more like comfortable talking to anybody and like when I leave people are like oh I'll follow you on Instagram and it, it is a much more supportive group I in general and also I've been to so many mics that are like just guy after guy after guy telling like the exact same joke and then they don't laugh at like my jokes that are not about being a guy and then you leave and you're like, oh, am I not funny? And then you're like, obviously it's just the crowd, but it's it's such a hard, it's a hard thing to deal with. No, so I think that's such an awesome, such an awesome thing you're doing. Um, and I love that for for you in the in the comedy world. So you talked a bit about how you're hosting shows and you're running mics. Do you think this is a direct result of like the pandemic or like are any of these things that you don't think would have happened had we not been in a pandemic? Well, like the tiny cupboard, you know, they're like a huge venue now and they weren't before the pandemic. And they also are giving, um, they're really open and they give people a lot of opportunities that, you know, you wouldn't have gotten before. Um, like that you don't have to be a, a big celebrity or a big deal in stand up to get something there, which is really amazing that they did. Um, so like, one of my friends who's trans actually, she um, has a sober mic with another one of my friends there. So it's for people that don't drink anymore. Cause it's, you know, and it's, 
so that so that that's one little community and it's just neat how there's like growing from the pan pandemic because other thing is like because you know, the tiny cupboard is sort of like, I think of it as being indie comedy or, you know, or I mean, and that, and that's now it's becoming, I feel like it's mainstream, whatever that means, but just like uh, more diverse, I guess. Whereas before the pandemic, they were competing with all the comedy clubs and that old school mentality. Um, but they've had this whole year to grow and be big. And now, um, comedy clubs that are coming back they're like oh we want what tiny cupboard has and we're trying to get these people to do stuff again here so we don't die out like the old you know old school stuff doesn't die out so that's kind of interesting yeah why do you think why was tiny cupboard so able to keep going when everything else shut down because it really it was everywhere we've had multiple people on this podcast be like oh yeah tiny cupboard was like the pandemic thing i think we've had one episode of this podcast where tiny cupboard has not been mentioned yes <laughs> every other one people are like oh tiny cupboard <laughs> right yeah well um you know they were on the roof so they had this huge space so like anybody could come and it's really easy to space out and nobody was they weren't seen as a venue because they were under the radar um so um they they didn't get busted by <laughs> you know what i mean so they, uh because there's like something called the mayor of nightlife and that was the oh yeah, yeah, yeah and they got busted by them eventually you know and then had to shut down but it wasn't for very long um but you know also traditionally clubs a lot of times they're underground you know the spaces are small there isn't ventilation they're they cram people tight because they're trying to make that money son <laughs> <laughs> make that money son um and my ex-boyfriend is colombian um and we talk like that together it's fun anyway um <laughs> and so it was like basically a covid nightmare right and you know tiny cupboard it's open spaced out you know and then they expanded in the the um the my show and my mic are actually inside, but that space was just like an empty room before, like for storage. And the ceil so it's like newly painted. The ceilings are really high. It's really open and spacious. And then there's doors for ventilation. I don't know. They just like, they got it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's so awesome. I mean, really, like I, I'd never heard of them before the pandemic and everything. Like, I feel like even still, like now that clubs are starting to reopen and stuff, I feel like everything is still at the tiny cupboard and I live so far away from it. So like this tiny cupboard or the tiny cupboard is such an example of something that was so built during this time, kind of like Zoom comedy and the outdoor shows, the park mics, all of those things. Do you see those lasting going forward? What do you see sticking around? What do you see not sticking around? So now I'm, I actually had, I've had, like I'm around comedians all the time, you know, and a lot, a lot of people have talked to me and they, they were like, I really miss doing um, outdoor mics in the park. It's just so nice. So Sundays, I'm bringing it back. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do one on Sundays during the day, and it's gonna be like a writing a writers meetup, so we can like write together because a lot of people have trouble 
taking time out to just write. And then after that, we're going to do like a feedback mic and like work on our new jokes together. So, and you know, I think that would be really fun and helpful. Yeah. That's so awesome. I think, okay. I might be confusing you with someone else. Did you do some, you did like a feedback zoom mic during the pandemic. Did you not? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I tried a bunch of different stuff. Cause I remember seeing that on um, Instagram and being like, that is so nice because I mean, feedback mics are great because you get, I mean, to actually like work on your jokes and see what works and what didn't work beyond like if people laughed. Um, But yeah, I mean, you really seem to have been very active. What are your feelings about Zoom? Like, I hate Zoom personally. I know we're on Zoom right now. I I like it. Just hot take into the space. (laughs) Coming from all angles. Like, I'm fine with it. It's not comedy club. Zoom. (laughs) Um, So I actually got injured from moving the moving job. I I told people it was because I'm old, but that's not why. Um, But... (laughs) I talked about this on a date and I was like, man, I shouldn't have mentioned that. And <laughs> date ruined. Um, <laughs> guys, I hurt my bursa sack in my hip. Okay. But it, um, I was actually, it's, it's healed now. It's all better. Um, and I was really worried, but it wasn't a big deal. So anyway, I would, I liked zoom because I could just lay in my bed and you have, I have a fake background. Nobody can see you know, if I lay down, I'll show you if I lay, it's like awkward, you know, but (laughs) if you got the ring light, you got the fake background, you can fake it, um, until you're agile again, mobile. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good, um, crutch. I wasn't on crutches, but it was a good crutch, (laughs) comedy crutch. But when I first started doing zoom, like mics I don't know why I would get way more nervous than um than real life which is weird if you think about it but like right now I'm just staring at myself I'm like girl you your complexion looks good like I'm just (laughs) um but the nice thing other nice thing about it is you only have to get dressed from your shoulders up so like as long as your face and hair look fine you're all good you know but I definitely like live better yeah I like live better, but I'm a really big fan of being able to be like, okay, my hair looks good. My shirt looks good. And I'm in sweatpants and slippers. Like it's really, it's so nice. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I don't like about zoom is like, sometimes you have no idea if anyone's even listening. Cause like a lot of people are like, I'm going to cook my meal, turn off my mic and my vidya and just listen. And it's like, (laughs) I don't know, like part of doing stand-up is that connection you have with the audience. And when you don't have that, you're like just talking into the ether and staring at yourself. You're like, I'm so beautiful. And that's really why, <laughs> that's the only reason I do Zoom because I want to, you know. Yeah. No, honestly though, I feel like so, I totally get that where I feel like I, I'll be like, is everyone on mute? Why can't I hear anybody laughing? Am I not funny or is it the zoom? Um, a lot of the time it, it is, it is in fact, not the zoom. It's just that the jokes aren't landing. It's so much just about uh, really all of comedy is just getting different reactions from other people and seeing what you can take and what you can't take. Um, yeah. So really, and even, is there any advice you've ever gotten from, another comedian or advice you'd like to give to comedians that has really impacted the way you do comedy? 
Well, when I took that class, it was with Jim Andrinos. And um, it's funny because we still know each other. And I don't know. It's interesting how fr- friendships bloom. Um, but no, <laughs> I don't know. We're not like best friends, but like, um, I I don't know. We have a connection. Anyway, so uh, he, I remember when I first started taking his class, this was in 2015, so a while ago, but I just remember he said, um, just keep doing comedy and do it as much as you can. Like, um, and I know that sounds really like easy, of course. Right. But, um, when I first started doing it, um, uh, I had a smaller goal, like do three mics a week or two mics a week, or just, you know, try to get out there and, and like be in front of people. Um, but I, there were people in my class who weren't doing stand up at all. And they would just come fresh and nervous to class and have to go up stay on stage and you could tell they hadn't been practicing because they'd be like uh, uh 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 and I'm like why are you taking this class if you're not gonna <laughs> you know go for it but like now after doing it a lot I it's like a drug I'm like I need that comedy I need it <laughs> uh, and I'll make myself talk every day in front of people um in some form like I count this because I I am so um (laughs) but like that's what hosting like hosting a mic is a great way to just like go do it even when you're not feeling it and just making yourself do it because like I I'll tell you guys there is this lady and she's new to comedy but she has she doesn't know the difference between a mic and a show and I find it irritating Mm-hmm. you know yeah. and she was like and I don't know how I'm gonna be able to do my mic I or she said do the show which was a mic okay it was my, <laughs> it was my mic uh, I don't know if, how I'm gonna do the show I'm not feeling a hun- 150 percent like I was last time and I was like don't worry about it I'm at 25 percent and I'm hosting so <laughs> you know, just get through just get through it um I forgot what the question was. Um, Advice. Oh, oh yeah. But yeah, make yourself, make yourself do it even when you don't want to. Like a lot of, I mean, that's why, I mean, it's hard. It's, it's harder at first, but the more you do it, the easier it gets and the more comfortable you're going to get up there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I was thinking about that was, like at the beginning, I used to get so nervous, but if you think about it, it's the same every time. Like there's always going to be bright lights in your face. You're probably not going to be able to see people. That's normal. That's normal. The microphone's always going to be in the same place. Like it's the same feeling. And when you, when you get comfortable with, okay, this is how it's going to be every single time, you know, that, I don't know. Um, but the other thing is definitely is just be nice to other people. Cause you just never know who you're talking to or who people are going to be down the road. Um, I don't know. I just feel like people have been mean to me and, uh, you know, then, then later they're like, I want to be on your show. And I'm like, you don't remember being an asshole to me. Okay. <laughs> There is this guy, I won't say who it is, but we were, we, we, this is when I first moved to New York, we were extras together, um, on billions and we did this, we, it was like this gallery scene, like an art gallery opening scene. 
And we basically, I walked through the gallery over and over and over again. They took like, did like a hundred takes. It was a crazy amount. I had to walk through this crowd, go up to this group of people and shake this one guy's hand and, and um, just mouth what I'm saying. We weren't allowed to talk. It was a quiet background scene and we made eye contact and we did that like over a hundred times. And he, and then, um, and we, we actually talked a little bit there. And then I said hi to him at a show or something. And he would just rolled his eyes. And I was like, dude, you don't remember. <laughs> no, it wasn't, it wasn't even that long ago. It was like a couple of weeks later or something. I'm like, you don't remember. We touched hands a over a hundred times in an hour. Oh, you don't remember that? Yeah. And then like, he, he was like rude to me. And then um, he tried to get on my show and I'm like, no, <laughs> but also it's like a women's and women's and LGBTQ heavy show. So it's like his comedy doesn't really fit anyway. Well, I think we're starting to get towards the end of our time here. So I just to throw this out here, is there anything you want to promote for the uh, that's coming up for you? Anything on the horizon? Uh, well, so I have my um, show, A Tiny Cupboard, the women's and LGBTQ plus heavy show. It's every Friday at 730 in the Pink Church. Liz Glazer is going to be on the show um, May 7th and May 21st. Um, and then JC Coley is going to be on the show and I'm going to be on the show. I also have a new um, thing happening starting in May. It's on Monday nights at six. Um, in the f the first three weeks of the month, it, it's going to be a mic. And then the last Monday, it's going to be a show. And then I'm going to pull a couple people every month from the mic to be on the show. Oh, awesome. Um, and if that's going to be, um, I'm co-producing it with Lee Paul. It's going to be called Couch Potato mic at the sour mouse um and it's a really great space it there's a stage there's these velvet curtains and then there's like all these pool tables it's just this really cavernous open space in lower east side that's only they've only been open a year they opened like right like during covid um but uh what about it um it's gonna be an even i'm gonna try to make it so it's women and men you know, not just all men, because nobody wants that, right? So <laughs> a mix of people. So it should be fun. Yeah, sounds fantastic. Yeah, that's great. All right, cool. Well, everybody, all of our podcast listeners, be sure to go check out Anne's shows. Um, and yeah, Anne, thank you so much for coming on our show. Thank yeah. you. Oh, and uh, my Instagram is Annie in the City 2020. I should probably mention that if you want to like check out what I got going. So perfect. Yeah. So follow Anne on Instagram at Annie in the city, 2020. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for coming on. This was oh, amazing. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to laughing your mask off. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a good review to keep up with our hosts. Follow Catherine at Catherine.Reagan spelled R E A G A N and Carly at Carly Palestina on Instagram. See you next week.